Soldiers of Christ, arise and put Hello to you out in the audience. This is the Chowchilla Church of Christ podcast coming to you live today. And we are excited about today's lesson for each one of us. We welcome you to our powerful podcasting about the teaching and the preaching of God's word. We have been operating under the theme of what does the Bible say? And going into February, we're going to change that theme to another one that we believe will be relevant and certainly applicable to your experience as well as helping all of us in our lifestyles. At this point, would you be so kind to join me in prayer? Father, we thank you so much. It is again that we have this wonderful blessing of prayer. It's a privilege. It's an opportunity to talk to you, to tell you what you already know, so we can listen quietly between and during and after our prayers and talking to you to hear your voice, speak through your word, those things that we need to know, those things that we don't know, and those things that we always wanted to know. Teach us how to live, teach us how to love, and teach us about our lives. We will be mindful to thank you and bless all those who are listening and will continue to listen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. It's interesting to me that God is calling upon all of our lives by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he does not put us on hold. Have you ever called someone and gotten put on hold? Depending on how long it was, not only is it uncanny, it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it can become frustrating as well as irritating to be put on hold. <laughs> They've gotten kind of classical, if you will, entertaining with it. Now they have whole music, whereby if an individual is put on hold, you and I are put on hold, there's this music playing. The only problem is you don't get to select the music. And if you like it, you do. And if you don't, tough luck. Well, God never, ever puts you and I on hold or in a hold pattern. As a matter of fact, there's the scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says God, he's calling upon our lives by the gospel, is not put on hold until we get all together. And he does not put you and I on hold. We sometimes, unfortunately, let our faults and our weaknesses be excuses for our mediocrity. Mediocrity meaning ordinary, average, just barely getting by. We think I can't do anything great for God. I've got these limitations. Just because we haven't arrived doesn't mean God doesn't want to use us with our limitations, just like we are. That's what we want to talk about for a few moments. God wants to use you and I just the way we are. You see, God doesn't mind you and I being the way we are. God doesn't mind you and I being who we are, 
because he made us in his image based on the information we have in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. You and I don't have all these kinds of situations, but sometimes we do. For example, all the dishes of our lives washed, all of our kitchen floors are clean, all of our living rooms of our lives are in order, all of the beds in the bedroom of our lives are made, metaphorically speaking, in order for God to use us. We didn't do these tasks by ourselves. God stepped in and he helped us to execute them. He helped us to perform them and he helped us to get them accomplished or finished. As a matter of fact, God wants to use you and I just the way we are. God wants to use you while you are growing and while you are changing. Two important scriptures give you and I the reception and they give us the resolve and the hopeful motivation that we need. And these kinds of thoughts come in our heads that I'm not worthy to be used by God. Some people have this thinking that they're not good enough. You are somewhat right in the first instance, but if you can just say, I can do anything and notice in John chapter 15 and verse 5, there is a helper. In John 15 and verse 5, Jesus says, it is true, without me you can do nothing. But in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, Paul writes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So with Christ, we can do any and everything. Without Christ, we can do, as the older people say, not a thing or nothing. It is interesting to me also that one day some people from the tribe of Judah went to Joshua at Gilgal in Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 to 14 out of the easy read version. And at verse 6, one of them was Caleb, interesting name, the son of Jephunneh. He was a Kiznazite, one of the tribes back then. And Caleb said to Joshua, you remember what the Lord said at Kadesh Barnea. The Lord was speaking to Moses, his servant. The Lord was talking about you and me. Verse 7, Moses, the Lord's servant, sent me to look at the land, that is the land of Canaan, where we were going. I was 40 years old at that time. When I came back, I told Moses what I thought about the land. Verse 8. The other men who went with me told the people things that made them afraid. But I really believe that the Lord would allow us to take that land. Verse 9. So that day Moses made a promise to me. He said, the land where you went will become your land. Your children will own that land forever. I give you that land because you really believed in the Lord, my God. Verse 10. Now the Lord has kept me alive, Caleb says, for 45 more years, as he said he would. During that time, we all wandered in the desert. 
Now, here I am, 85 years old. Wow, Caleb. Verse 11, notice what he says at 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. I am as ready to fight as I was then. Verse 12, so give me this land. Give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day long ago. It's mine. I'm going to get it. I'm going to take it. I can do it. God is using me. At that time, you heard that the strong Anakites lived there and the cities were very big and well protected because they were giants in the land. But now, maybe the Lord will be with me and I will take that land just as the Lord said. In assurance, verse 13, the last one, Joshua blessed Caleb, the son of Jephthah. Joshua gave him the city of Hebron as well as his own. I find that story tremendously remarkable in that here is a man named Caleb at 85 years old, still strong, still motivated, still good mind, wanting to serve for the Lord, not worried about how old he is, not concerned about his chronology, more concerned about his theology. You see, God can use us just the way we are, where we are, no matter who we are. May I give some examples of some of the Bible characters? For instance, Jacob was a cheater. God used him. David had an affair. God used him. Noah got drunk. God used him to build the ark to save the world. Paul was a chief murderer killing Christians. He became a chief apostle. Jonah ran from God. God used him as a minor prophet. Miriam was a gossiper. God used her to speak his words. Gideon was insecure. God changed his insecurity to stability. Mary was a worrier. God changed her to a believer. Thomas was a doubter. When he saw Jesus resurrected, he said, my Lord, my God. Sarah was impatient. Finally, she believed. Elijah was a moody man. And then he prayed to God. Moses stuttered. God said, I'll be your mouthpiece. Zacchaeus was a short man, but God, through Jesus Christ, told him to come down out of the tree. He did not need to be above him. Josiah, as a youth, was an eight-year-old king. Peter was hot-tempered, used bad language, cursed people out, wished bad upon them, and one time cut off a man's ear with his sword. But he became the first gospel preacher on the day that the Church of Christ started. Abraham was up in age. God used him as the father of promise. And Lazarus was dead. But God, through Jesus Christ, in John chapter 11, raised him up from the dead. Now, my question is, what's your excuse? I told you already that God can use any of us just the way we are. Why can't God use you to do something great? 
Why can't you accomplish the dream that God has placed in your heart by the abilities, the gifts, and the talents that he's given you and I? You can. I can. We all can. Just say to yourself right now, I can. Say to yourself, I am. Say to yourself, I will. What makes you think that God can't use you? Well, Melvin, I have an addiction with drugs or alcohol. Noah had an alcohol problem. It didn't disqualify him. God used him for the saving of the world. Himself, his wife, his three sons and their wives, all were saved in that ark. Genesis 6 verses 8 to 9 Genesis chapter 9, verse 20 to 29. Yeah, Melvin, but I've been unfaithful in my marriage. So was David. He committed adultery. He had Uriah, the woman's husband, killed. God used him as the second king of Israel. God says, David is a man after my own heart to do my will. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Well, I'm too evil. Mary Magdalene was a woman that had seven devils. Jesus cast every single one of those demonic demons out of her. And she was the first one to tell the apostles that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Mark uh, chapter 16, verse 9 to 13. Whatever you're thinking it is that may be holding you back, a failure, a fault, a limitation, a handicap, or weakness. Did you not know that God's power shows up best in our weaknesses? Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, the Bible says that when we are weak, then he and we become strong. Give yourself permission to have flaws. Give yourself permission to accept your weaknesses. Give yourself permission Stop beating yourselves up. We don't have the right to sit on the sideline pew thinking and saying, I can't, I won't, I don't know how, or I'm afraid I'll make a mistake. Notice 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Peter writes, but grow, grow in the grace, favor, and the knowledge, experience, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory be to him now and forever. Amen. Now I can assure you by God's word that it doesn't, hasn't, nor won't disqualify you from the amazing future God has in front of you. Get rid of your guilt. Get rid of the condemning yourself. Get rid of the skepticism. Get rid of the dubious get rid of the doubt, get rid of the insecurities, get rid of the shameness or embarrassment, get rid of all the things that would distract you and I from moving forward and allowing God to use us. Well, I blew my diet yesterday. I lost my temper last week. I should have spent more time with my children. I'm so undisciplined. Let's break it down. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. The Bible says there in that passage, for we dare 
not make ourselves of the number of those that compare ourselves with some others who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and they comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You see, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, listening audience, you and I are not to compare ourselves with ourselves and with others. We only are to compare ourselves with the growth and the measuring that we receive through Jesus Christ. Now, if there is something to correct, if there is something to change, then you go right ahead and do what is necessary to change it, to correct it, to fix it. It's this one word, it's called repentance. And if you're today wanting to change, wanting to get rid of, wanting to remove the obstacles, the roadblocks, the stop signs, the caution lights, the uncertainty, the doubt, the worry, the anxiety, the frustration, all those things that would be put up in front of you and I that would cause you and I not to be motivated, stifle our ingenuity, keep us held back, thinking that God will not use us. Just say, I'm going to change. It's called repentance. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? I know you do. That's why you're listening. Do you believe that he died for your sins? He was buried for your transgressions and he rose for your redemption. I know you do. Are you willing to change? The word is called repentance. I'm going to say something about it here in a moment. Are you willing to acknowledge him to be the Lord of Lord, lords and king of kings in your life? I believe you do. And are you willing to be baptized, be born again, to have your past mistakes, sins, hiccups, faults, shortcomings, failures, miseries, and all the junk in our trunks completely taken away? Let me tell you what it is. God can use you. I have this poem that I wrote. If you don't mind, I'll share it with you. It says what repentance is. Repentance is a change, the turning of one's mind. Repentance is an arrangement meant to be and allowed to be done in God's time. Repentance is an action that is anew. Repentance is for every one of us, not just a few. Repentance is hard for many people to do because of the wrongs in their lives they've gotten used to. Repentance is not getting caught and now I'm ashamed. Repentance is not playing with the Bible like it's a game. Repentance is not confessing on Sunday that you've done something or someone incorrectly. Repentance calls for you to handle the situation directly. Repentance is like heading to the beach on a weather-perfect summer day. Once we get there and see how good everything is working, we want to stay. Repentance is easy if one wants himself to be different. Repentance insists that they bring themselves current. Repentance is what Jonah did, but only in part. He hid his hatred, anger, and pride all in his heart. It's prideful to tell a person they need to repent, especially 
if one has not gotten the Lord's consent. So what repentance is, to some, to others, it is not. That's why we have God's word to give us the right lot. And now that we cross all our T's and all our I's, we've left with dots. What repentance is, my dear friends, it's truly working hard to get rid of our character-stained spots. God bless you. We're going to close out in prayer. And before we do, we do invite you, if you are in our area, in Chowchilla, California, the Chowchilla Church of Christ invites you to be part of our Bible study for all ages on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock a.m. and our morning worship at 10 o'clock a.m. The address is 701 Trinity Avenue, Chowchilla, California, 93610. Or you may want to call us. You may have questions or you may want to ask a prayer request or two. You may reach us at area code 559-223-1973. Or you may email us if you would like a copy of today's lesson, this episode. In the meantime, God bless you. Please pray with me right now. Father, we thank you again for giving us this lesson, giving us another opportunity to hear your word, to listen, learn, and obey what it says. Please use us in the right way because we've been used in so many wrong ways. We ask these favors and blessings in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you really good. Who in the strength of Jesus trust is more